As of right now, we are at war. How desperate You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very you might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast about Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken. I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Bruffett. How are we doing today, Chris? Jesse, I'm just waiting, man. I can't wait for these new models coming out. We've gotten a little taste, kind of a suspected shipping date on some stuff, on some mutants. I'm very, very excited for it. I gotta see these cards. I gotta see these powers. I'm ready for everyone to be just juiced for MCP again. Absolutely. Yeah. I saw that date of like early March, March 1st to be exact. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's three weeks from Adepticon. (laughs) I know, right? Crazy. That's also good though for the game. Good shakeup. Very exciting for an aspiring mutant that I am and a Kurt Wagner fanboy. I'm going to have to have all my ducks in a row. I'm going to have to speed paint those things, get them ready for Adepticon just in case they slot into anything. I'm not even sure. You got to get your Shadow King going oh yeah uh, gosh we have to start talking about a list for him absolutely that might come up today's topic because he's gonna slot right into some cabal stuff probably but time will tell jesse that was masterfully done dude that was that was such a good transition i'm my jaws on the computer desk brother new year more podcasting hey story of jesse new year more episodes yeah that's right I was really doing a, a tenure the other day, Chris, and I was thinking about this with, we're about to do our retrospective of, of this show. And then I was mm-hmm. also doing my personal podcasting career retrospective. And I was just like, so many episodes created and produced and oh, yeah. started doing the math. And I was like, I just can't even, I, like, I literally can't count. I believe that. I was trying to figure it out. And I, but it was also like really inspiring because it was like, oh, I'm still doing this and I love it. And I'm oh, yeah. still trying to improve every day. So it's just a fun thing and you guys are with us which keeps us going and you know it gets lets us do fun things like today where we're closing out asgard in the new year it's not a goodbye no per se it's just a see you later we're gonna be back we've got so many cool asgard models confirmed in the new year don't even worry about it we're gonna put a bow on everything released now so that we're prepared for when the new asgardians come out when we get that new loki that's sif it's gonna be awesome yeah, new Thor, Jane Foster Thor. I mean, that goes without saying. Yeah, amazing stuff. Just absolutely amazing. And I'm ready. I'm absolutely ready and excited about it. But, you know, it is just to see you later. And today we're going to be talking about Ulick the Troll. And that's this is the type of episode why Furious Finest exists. Because I think a lot of people, when Ulick was announced, said who? I think it looks a very iconic character. And I think he's very recognizable if you've seen him before. But I could totally get why people like would just... He'd just be gone from their mind, you know, in some cases, but he's he is, around. 
he's around, but he's not a character that's done a whole lot. Just period. He's yes. He's rarely the center focal point of a story. I think the coolest story he's been involved in is a more recent one, and it is going to be my recommendation for the week. Perfect. It's pretty interesting, pretty fun, but it also kind of illustrates who he is as a as a troll. So pretty wonderful. But Jesse, before we get into that, we've got a little business to take care of. That's right. Fury's Finest is supported by Mr. Laser. Go to mr-laser.square.site for all of your Marvel Crisis Protocol needs. Of course, it's a new year, new Marvel Crisis Protocol pre-orders on Mr. Laser's website, and you can use the code FURY5 to get 5% off his already discounted rate. And continuing with that thought, Chris, iWarGame makes the best marked mats for MCP in the business, and they've also restocked their store at iWarGame.net. Love that. Use, yeah, and you can use the code FFPODCAST to get 10% off your playmat orders. So I highly recommend maybe getting a pair or so for your local area and use our code. Most importantly, when you guys use these codes, it shows these people that we support and believe in so much that you guys are hearing it here and that they found you through us. So make sure to do that. It means a lot to us and we appreciate you guys for doing so. And as always, Jesse, our patrons are what really keep the lights on around here. They keep us going. You can become a Fury's Finest patron at patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. There are several different tiers of patronage you can choose there. So choose whatever works for you, of course. And we take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. I've said it a billion times, and I'll say say it about 10 times every episode. The patrons keep us going. So just a huge shout out and a big thank you to all of our patrons. Jesse, who do we have this week? Yeah, we have a new patron of the week, Anna. Thank you so much, Anna. And Chris, what's very exciting about all this, I second everything you said. And yeah, you patrons are actively contributing to keeting us going, like Chris mentioned, but also contributing to the quality of the show. You know, we've always upgraded our gear and our software and stuff over the years and our hosting fees and all this stuff. And you guys have helped us do that and continue to put out the product that we want to put out and the quality we want to put out. So you guys are actively doing that for the community. It means a lot to us. And with that said, we have some producers, Chris, they get a shout out every episode. Rich and Sean, thank you guys so much for doing so. Thank you so much, fellas. Also, last shout out for the Patreon. The Fury Secret War League is on the horizon over the next coming weeks. New year. If you've ever want to jump in one of our leagues, this is the time to do it. You jump in that Patreon Discord and get signed up and get ready to play some great games with some great people. I'm very excited for this season. Absolutely. All right, Chris, let's get right into our main topic today. Ulik the Troll in lore. Ulik the Troll. He is a rock troll. He is the strongest rock troll. We're not really, really sure why he's the strongest and the biggest and the meanest and the toughest rock troll, but he is. He asserted dominance at some point. At some point. I don't know how else to say I always start with telling you guys who the character is. This is what he is. Yeah. He's, he's a troll. And I, a troll. In, in all senses of the word, he is loud, profane, gross, yeah, mean, nasty, all that stuff. And also, that is his species. He is a troll. Yeah, this is kind of that um, Asgard thing, right? Where they do mythical fantasy adjacent oh, yeah. creatures. Rock. We got frost giants, right? We got trolls. Rock trolls live, just so you're aware. They reside in Asgard in some of the caves and mountains of that dimension and realm. Yep. And as I said, Uluk is the biggest and the strongest. 
He's That's infamous. It. Something like that. I that love it. Ulik possesses superhuman strength, stamina, durability, all of the things we're used to from these big bads. Uh, he has the ability to see into the infrared spectrum, which is neat, which is perfect night vision almost. He's a very, very good hand-to-hand combatant. I would call him a brawler, the essence of a brawler. I don't think he's not really a formally trained individual. He is a big brute that likes to punch things, and he does it very, very well. He has a very special weapon, and it is represented on his MCP character, and those are his knuckle dusters, his brass knuckles. They are made of Uru, the same metal that Molinier is made from. So they pack quite a wallop. He's not especially trained with these things. He's not especially good with them. They're just over his fists and they go where his fists go. And you don't want to be where his fist goes. Yeah. You already didn't want to be where his fist goes without these pounders. Yep. Brass so these, these pounders, brass knuckles, he will sometimes use to create small earthquakes, crack a mountain. Wow. You know, things like this. He's used a cudgel before, but we're not too worried about that at this moment. Okay. Ulick is created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. He's going to first appear in Thor number 137. This happens in February 1967. Wow. Kind of a legacy guy here. Predates Beta Ray Bill. He does. As we've established, Ulick is a rock troll. He is a member of the rock troll species. He is the biggest, the baddest, the toughest, the strongest, the meanest rock troll that there is. We don't know a whole, bo- a whole lot about why he is this way. As I've mentioned, there's not much on his ancestry. His parents were killed by drunken frost giants. Then he raised his brother, Horth. And the next thing we know, he's fighting Thor for the first time. His first encounter with Thor is going to be attempting to steal Mjolnir. And, and take Mjolnir back to use it to better the rock trolls and seize power, all these things. During this battle, he's actually armed with his own Uru hammer. But wouldn't you know it, Thor's just too good, man. Ulik's hammer fails, Ulik fails, and the whole invasion of Asgard fails. It's a bummer. So Ulik's going to continue to clash with Thor and some of these, you know, two or three issue story arcs. He's a rock troll, man. He just keeps doing rock troll stuff. Uh, as you guys can tell, there's not a lot to this character, so I'm going to gussy it up as best I can. We're going to go through some of the stuff that he's done really quick, but it's not going to be a long one, folks. That's okay. And that is totally okay. Sometimes there's great characters in Marvel that serve these roles, right, Chris? Especially antagonists. Smaller well, antagonists, right? You need a brute. Okay, we we need B characters, C characters, D characters. Yes. For a lot of us, they're the best characters in Marvel because there's something a little left to the imagination. But Jesse, there's not much to left to the imagination for Ulik. <laughs> he just wants to punch you. That's it. He's a troll. He's a troll. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to keep saying it. <laughs> so eventually, Ulik is going to start clashing with the king of the rock trolls. He's going to get himself banished. And he's, during his banishment, his punishment is stoking the flames that heat the caves for the rock trolls, okay? Not good stuff. He hates it. He's going to return. He's going to fight Thor. 
And he's going to be the thing that o- awakens the man god. Thor's going to throw him down a pit and he's going to wake up the ancient evil, the man god. Uh, we've talked about the man god several times on the show. After this, Ulik is going to find himself in a very weird fight. He's being manipulated by the Roman god, Pluto, god of the god of Hades, and Loki. Loki and Pluto are kind of at odds, but of course they're both tricksters and bad guys, so at odds doesn't mean open warfare all the time. Thor is going to get involved because Jane Foster's involved. Eventually, (laughs) Ulik is going to realize that he's being used by these guys, and he's going to try to pounders on Pluto. Thor is actually going to save Pluto in this instance and send Ulik back to back to the Asgard. Just can't catch a break. He can't. You know what's going to happen to him next? Mephisto himself going to steal, abduct Horth, Ulik's brother that he raised, and force Ulik to fight Thor. But of <laughs> course, as history has suggested, Ulik cannot beat Thor. And what do you know? He can't beat Thor for. Mephisto. Uh, So next we're going to see Ulik start to kind of break away a little bit from Thor himself. He's still remaining within the Asgardian wing of Marvel here, but he's going to help a few Asgardians, including the Warriors 3 and Sif, find their identities, find their way out of their earthly identities back to their Asgardian Asgardian god forms. Uh, We talked about this with Beta Ray Bill. He also was instrumental in this whole process and he's going to battle Thor. What do you know? But it's not Thor. It's a version of Thor called Red Norvell. And he's going to end up helping the Asgardians, his temporary allies escape and regain their Asgardian forms. And he's going to keep Red Norvell at bay. So this can happen next. He's going to, so he's going to really break away this one time from the whole Asgardian mythos. Ulik's going to be stomping around Earth, drunk, and it's going to come down to the defenders of all people. Daredevil, the Punisher, and the other... Um, they're running around as Marvel Knights right there, but I think that's the name of Daredevil's affiliation anyway. So it is... This is a canonical MCP story, but Daredevil, the Marvel Knights, they're going to beat Ulik up. Punisher's actually going to take Ulik on 1v1, which is pretty impressive for Mr. Frank castle the last thing we want to touch on before we get to war of the realms which i'm going to leave all i'm not going to talk about because we have just not ventured into war of the realms on this show yet maybe one day we will but there's this is going to be the recommended reading so i'm not going to tell you everything either but there is a very interesting story that comes around after ragnarok thor is going to die and from the ashes of thor's funeral pyre Tanneris will emerge, walk through. Tanneris automatically is recognized by everyone but Loki and Heimdall as Asgard's greatest warrior. He's a very, he looks like Thor for the most part. He has an oddly troll like face, though. Ultimately, of course, this is going to be Ulik, but you should read how it goes. It's a very fun story. I, I quite like it. It's not a very long read either. Jesse, that's going to just about wrap up Ulik. Do you have any do you have any thoughts on on this troll that likes to fight? I mean, he's literally sh- dis- depicted 
in Marvel Comics as Drunk in Oklahoma. So I imagine he's one of our favorite characters. He's just down the street somewhere. He's just hanging out at Sound Pony. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's funny. It's like if you took the crime out of Rhino, you know, and just nailed it. I think you nailed it. (laughs) I think those two should hang out. There's a few. Yeah. Bad guys, we need to get in the same room with each other, and those two are two of them. But yeah, man, he's just he's just a guy that likes to fight. He is, yep. like I said, he's crass, he's gross, he's just mean-spirited, just kind of a drunk that likes to fight. Probably would eat some hobbits in his spare time. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Keep him without with a doubt. stroll theme going. Cook him over a stove, you know. Boil him, or mash him, stick yes. him in a stew. Just happens to be little hobbit potatoes. He's just a mean guy. Yeah, I get it. I mean, he's one note. That's okay. I think his design is great. I love to see these like early 60s characters and kind of how their art style improves over the years, right? But kind of retains the original design, you know? I think his design and his kind of revamped, uh, you know, 60s style, Mm -hmm. but done in the modern, modern day pictures are really, really great. I love the color. That's the kind of color scheme I based my Ulick on. I mean, it's it's the pretty classic one, but those are the colors and everything I really tried to imitate. Yeah, I think he's a very cool character. I think one-note characters are very good. Like I said, they leave a lot for the imagination, or possibly yeah. they just leave a fluff, a lot of fluff we don't need out. Sometimes you just want to watch a guy punch some other people. There's nothing wrong with that. that. Yeah, he's extremely good at that. Yeah, in regards to his revamp over the years, I love that he's like retained. His 60s suit and all this stuff. Yes, but his body has gotten more animalistic, which I actually really like too. Because it I also makes it more apparent that. that he is like not human or not Asgardian. It just makes it very clear, you know, as opposed to sometimes in the early 60s, we got alien characters or creature characters that are even more humanoid, you know, because the design was just that way. Then Uluk was definitely like that early on, but he obviously found his footing very quickly with his design. And you got to love these toes, man. These toes. He's making those Ninja Turtles. I'm staying away from the toes comment. That's a really good observation. I think Marvel, as expansive as it's gotten, with as many characters as it has, as many different wings as it has, we talk about that on the show every time we enter a new kind of pantheon of of heroes or villains, but really visually indicating where this character belongs, where they originated at, right? whether they have ties to humans, whether they're mutants, all of that thing, all that stuff. I think is extremely important with such a large base of characters. So I think that's a really great observation, Jesse. Well, thanks. Yeah, I think Marvel's gotten really good at that over the years and I, probably one of their strengths, like you said, and they've continued to improve. They absolutely have. And I'm very, very thankful for that. So I'm going to put a little bow on this. I'm going to give you the comic book recommendation I have been alluding to, and it's going to be The Mighty Thor, Volume 2, Issues 8 through 12. Easy, easy peasy. After that, start on War of the Realms. That's your okay. long term. That's your long term homework. There it is. So Uluk is not in the MCU, but he did appear in some Marvel animated series in recent he years. He has, yes. Most notably, Avengers Assemble. He's actually a major role in some of these series, um, making appearances and stuff, which I think is great. He was in all seasons of that show in particular, all four seasons. And yeah, it makes sense why his design too is very much like the art that AMG has on this card here, right? So it all kind of comes together. But 
We got to get to Ulick and Marvel Christ Protocol today, Chris. I'm excited to talk about him. He's yeah, pretty good. We had a really good conversation last year when his card was revealed and we did our news roundup and our card reveals. And I think we had a good discussion then and we'll continue to add on it here. His name is Ulick. His alter ego is Ulick. Got to love these characters that don't have alter egos and AMG just writes it out like that. He's a five threat character with a stamina of seven on his front side and a stamina of seven on his backside, giving him 14. He has a size three and he's a medium base, medium mover. We love that on Fury's Finest. We love our lizards of the world, those, these fast characters. Correct. And his defenses are very respectable. Four physical, three energy, and four mystic. What do you think? He fits the five threat template. Yeah. Even maybe a little bit more health than some of them. Yeah. And I mean, he should. He's, you know, yeah. the quintessential brawler. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Excited to get into these attacks and powers. I think he's a very interesting character. And we're going to start things off, Jesse, with Pounders is a physical attack, range two, strength of six, power cost of zero. This is your classic builder. After this attack is resolved, Ulik gains power equal to the damage dealt. On a wild, you will trigger push. After the attack is resolved, if the target character is size four or less, that's very important and very big. Mm -hmm. This character may push that character short. So love displacement. Six dice is a really healthy amount of dice to go fishing for a wild. So I don't feel too bad about that at all. No. And and keep keep in mind while we're here, it just says push, not push away. mm, You get to choose the direction they're pushed as well. Great, great point. I would have missed that. Thank you. Which I think is very thematic for Uli because it's not necessarily like he's web blinding you straight on or he's punching you in the face. He's he could he could do a roundhouse oh, kick he or can, punch to he you. He could I'm, just grab you and throw you too. Yeah, you know what I mean? So yeah. So just put them put the enemy where you want. But as Chris said, size four, very notable because that covers all Hulk bases. And honestly We've got a few of those, and I imagine we've got more coming. Right. So what this really says was when a character can display size four models, it basically tells you that 99% of the models in the game, they can displace, which is, it was just a very good thing to do. I am, you know, barring some niche superpower situations or tactics cards. I'm just referring to raw sizes and, you know, yeah, Ula can't move Sentinels or Dormammu, but everybody else is kind of fair game for him. Fair game. Yeah. So he's coming fair, for you. Fair play. That's Mr. right. Mr. Terrific there. Well, Ulik's second and final attack is also a physical attack called Shatter Mountains, Shatter Bones. It's a range two as well. So both of his attacks being range two. Strength of nine, power cost of five. It does have an auto ability. After the attack is resolved, the target target character gains stagger. Love that. And on a Yahtzee roll of sorts, you are going to get an awesome trigger. So on a crit, wild, hit, and fail, the skull, you're going to get Shatter bones after the stack is resolved instead of inflicting the stagger special condition like normal if the target character does not have an activated token you may give it a activated token we have not seen this in a long time since dr strange and iron fist and so for this to be back in the game i'm glad it is and i'm glad it's not used often yeah i think i think they're using it at the proper times his spender should be a very powerful one, especially considering that he's got Molinier knuckle dusters. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And five 
five power is a lot of power. Yeah, it is. Especially considering he's got some superpowers you want to use. <laughs> yeah. But guaranteed stagger. That's why. You, that's yeah. a big deal. Guaranteed stagger with, followed by nine dice. It's like, okay, how much mm-hmm. does the Yahtzee roll matter? Because. Exactly. In the case of like a big model, this is really helpful because you took away half of their action economy for that entire round and you're probably doing some damage to them, right? So you're also kind of mitigating the MCP rules back and forth, which is why we love this game so much. You might have given them a decent amount of power because it's nine dice, but you also yep. gave them a stagger. So how well can they actually use it? So I actually do love that a lot. I will say, you know, people have much smarter than us have done the math on the shatter. It's okay. It's not something you want to count on. Certainly not like a 50-50 dice roll or anything like that. Yeah. But I've, unfortunately, I've seen it happen a lot <laughs> at a local <laughs> level. But, I, you know, that's MCP dice because this the situation with this, Chris, is let's say you get really lucky on your first roll and roll like three crits and like a hit in a wild. Okay. Well, now you're throwing three more dice from these crits. You know, let's say some even some blanks and stuff in there. But now you're just going to add more crits. Okay. The chance you find a fail is increasing a lot just by the nature of MCP dice, right? Being very much like they are. So I wouldn't say count on it, but I would say be excited when you get it. It's not like some sort of, it's not like squirrel girls card, right? Where it's like, I'm looking for a crazy, crazy gambling role. This is not quite gambling. It's just not gambling in your favor, but it can definitely happen. Uh, Especially when you start adding re-rolls, like if a Zemo's nearby, you got a leadership with a re-roll. Oh, you could really find this, right? There's ways to juice this. Not the least of which would be Wild Steve. Just saying. It's true. It's true. I think Ulick's kid is so good that honestly, getting this Yahtzee is like your lowest priority. I was going to say, there are ways to juice it, like I just said. Yeah. But do you need to? I don't think so. I think you're doing yourself a disservice by trying to maximize that part of his kit. You're putting a mental load on you. Yeah. And you've got a lot more things that you can count on for sure in his kit than going for the Yahtzee, even with, like we said, ways to make that outcome a lot more favorable. And one of those powers is bad manners. It is an active superpower and it will cost you three power. Choose an interactive terrain feature, size four or less, within range two, and throw it medium. You can only use this once a turn. Size four is very notable. Yeah. No, absolutely. The only bad part about this is range two. Everything else is great. Medium. Yep. Three for four. Are you kidding me? He can't throw enemy characters, but we've already established he can push them. But yeah, this is just exactly honestly, this is more guaranteed damage than the Shatter Mountains, Shatter Bones, right? Because this is five auto saves coming at your opponent. It's just, it's a way to kill models for sure. And we all know that there are some affiliations out there where whether you're hitting someone with it or not, you just have to throw stuff and take it off the board with some affiliations and some characters out there. Sometimes you just need to get that size four terrain out of there before it can be thrown at your models. So, oh yeah, it looks a great contender because he, spoiler, he can get to this throw pretty quickly. As Chris said, just take it away from Magneto or Cable, right? Just take it away exactly. from him, right? Because they want it more than you. So it's it's a great option. But let's talk about Ulix's most exciting active superpower, Crushing Leap, costs three power. It is an action, so... I think some people maybe misread that early on. You will actually use one of your two actions to do this, but it's an amazing action. This character makes a short advance. Then this character is placed within two of itself. Then this character may make a pounder's attack. So Ulik has a super troll charge. It's really good. 
Now, a couple things to keep in mind with this. You don't have to go the full short advance. You don't have to go the full two when you're placed. But there are advantages to both. Number one, you are placing your base twice. So this is a short move, a two, and two bases of movement. If you want to go the max distance, that's a lot, right? Because you've that's got a lot. You've got a short template, a medium-sized base, a range two, medium-sized base. So this can get him places you, you would not think he gets. And also the place is so powerful because keep in mind, placing is easier than moving an MCP because terrain, sitting where you need to sit, going around corners if you need to, whatever it is. Let's say size five building involved. Okay. Luke just says, okay, I'm not even worried about some of the things I need to do. So yeah, it's just great. He can get where he needs to. And then Chris, he gets to make a strike, which is crazy because this costs three and there's a chance he's going to get some of this power back. A pretty high chance with six dice with a push. Correct. You're going to hope that he's going to get all three power back, but you know, you're hoping for one or two. Yeah. Yeah. But this is what's making it look a displacement master because. This is not limited to once per turn, Chris. They also say that's also worth mentioning while we're here too. It's very, very worth mentioning. Being able to do a crushing leap twice in a turn is really great. So that's why I call it the supercharge because it gives you a little bit more variability of the way you can move him throughout the movement. And also it's not limited to once per turn. Amazing. It's just absolutely amazing. This is your bread and butter with you. Like this is what you want to do. This is where you want to live. And we'll talk about more of that in a minute with the affiliation stuff, but I'll just close out his card with his innates real quick, and then we'll talk about Ulick as a whole. He has the innate power, Trollish Temper. During the power phase, gain one additional power. So he has Asgardian for rules purposes. And he also has Trollhide. When Ulick would suffer damage, reduce the amount suffered by one to a minimum of one. So now that 14 health got deceptively much larger, and it is larger. It Absolutely. Is. It is more than 14. I don't care how spiky the dice are or any given game. I can safely say you will have more than 14 health with Luluk. Now, whether that's, that's 15, whether that's 20, you know, MCP dice are going to MCP dice. The way you position them is really important because now you're bringing cover into the equation and stuff. That might really help you get the most benefit out of this production. Yeah, there's a lot of cool things, but that's his card, Chris. It is all good stuff. It's all, yeah, it, there's nothing bad on this card. No. He likes to fight. He's got... It's an inaction movement, but it's tied to an attack. So you're able to move twice and attack twice with him. Yep. If, you know, if the cards are right. But yeah, there's a lot going on here and there's a lot of good stuff going on here. Not least of which is a guaranteed stagger, which I just absolutely love so much. Yeah. Be careful when you daze Ulick, right? Because when he wakes up, that's going to the most likely time he's going to shatter you. And you might have just... honestly like woke the troll in a sense where it's like okay well now he's got who knows how much power between how much he took two days and the trollish temper of a new round right he might have seven nine power you know what i mean and he can immediately shatter followed by a crushing leap or something at the start of a turn right so watch out for sure he can do a lot but jesse let's talk about where he can do the most yeah so Let's talk about Ulick's affiliations real quick. He only has two thus far in the game. Always, you know, keep in mind, if you're listening to future or something, this could always change. But this moment in time, Ulick is on the Cabal roster in the Criminal Syndicate roster. He did join that criminal circus for a time. And I love that he made the Criminal Syndicate. I think initially you can safely say 
his best place is Kingpin's criminals because Ulick's best day is he wants people to attack him. And then his next best day that's even better than that is he wants people to attack him because he's counting as two, right? You want to get value out of him being in the fray. You want to get value out of people attacking him. You want to get value of his tankiness on top of his brawliness. So if people ignore him, not a good place to be. So what's good about Kingpin is he's counting as two. You have to acknowledge him. And he's adding the Kingpin playstyle, which is he can displace so many of your models and guarantee your models counting as two are going to continue to count as two and win points, right? Absolutely. That Kingpin criminal syndicate is really tough to play against with certain factions. And he really plays right into their game plan. He's He can move twice. He can be where you need him to be. He can punch who you need him to punch. You know, if they get, if they do get him flipped, you've got the world is your oyster. I mean, he can just go ham after that. So yeah, absolutely wonderful, wonderful spot for him. For sure. Also don't like discredit the second part of Kingpin's leadership, which is also an amazing leadership. The, the passing of extracts around, right? So maybe Ula could like get deep in the enemy lines, daze a model, take their extract, throw it back to someone in the back line, great bullseye, and then continue to dive into the enemy's team. And, you know, and I say dive in, I mean, he's not diving in a, a Malekith Baron Zemo way. He's diving in in a, I'm a giant displacement model that you got to deal with and figure out how you're going to deal with me. So I absolutely love that. So yeah, we're starting with criminals. I think it's the strongest place potentially at the moment. One of his strongest places and we'll just jump right into Cabal. So we have a new Cabal leadership, Red Skull, Master of the World. Still waiting on AMG's wording on this through the rules forums, but essentially Ulick counting a skull as anything positive is pretty scary. <laughs> Any model that's rolling six dice on strikes and the dice in MCP are already spiky at times. If you add the option of, you know, this new Red Skull leadership, like giving a reality gem of sorts on everybody, Ulick really likes that because it's also a net positive. He pays a power to count the skull as positive and he's going to get it back, right? Because you're doing it with his strike. So I actually think that new Cabal is a really exciting place for him. But I think that can go through the lens of any Cabal. I think he's perfectly fine under Malekith and Sin. Sin, the objective style. Malekith, the I kill you and I get benefits for my team style. And then classic Red Skull, where it's just you deal damage, you get one more power. It's terrifying with Ulick because he's always getting a damage through. He's very good at getting damage through. He's rolling a lot of raw dice. So even if he's not spiking, just he's a pretty safe bet, you know? Oh, 100%. Somewhere that I've had some fun with him, Chris, and I, you know, should chalk no one because it's a team I like, but also I genuinely think he has a home in this team if you have room in your roster, the Brotherhood of Mutants, because he's got a great throw, but it's so synergistic with Magneto's leadership, specifically Magneto. And additionally, you can do fun stuff round one that's not very hard to do. Walk Magneto up the board round one, throw a size two construct or terrain, pass Ulika power. Oh, what do you know? His troll hops online already right Turn, like pretty nasty i mean yeah it's he's really great in any of these ramp teams for that reason being able to do the troll like being able to do the crushing leap yep round one is pretty awesome and could be absolutely devastating to someone on the midline right so that's something i haven't mentioned if you get three power to do the crushing leap you can advance and then you can crushing leap to the midline late in a round 
late in round one and just basically say, oh, I just pushed you off that point and I scored that point. You know, that's a really powerful play to have in your back pocket. So any team that passes out power like Wong or Magneto or even like maybe a Steve or an A-Force or whatever it is, you always got to watch out because Ulux just one power away from crushing leap because of his quasi Asgardian. I get two power in the power phase thing. He works really well, Chris. You can basically grab him in any team you want. He's going to work. Any team with rerolls, new defenders, I think in particular, is probably his strongest reroll team. Absolutely. That's nuts because he can just like crushing leap somewhere, get in the range of two or three models. What do you know? Now he's got a bunch of rerolls to guarantee those wilds. Let's not even play him like a killer. Let's play him like a web warrior of sorts. And he's going to run get those into those wilds yeah. and shove you're, you off. And you're gonna you're gonna accidentally spike, unlike oh for web sure. warriors a lot of times, right? He's for just sure. got a lot more dice that he's working with. And I mean, rightfully so. He's Ulik, the biggest, baddest rock troll there is. There it is again. I love it so much. That thought continuing, he's actually pretty, pretty great in Wakanda and X Force for the same reasons. Good model and good teams that give you rerolls just makes him more consistent because I'll keep saying it, Chris. Anytime a character has a big pool of strike dice, six dice here, the ceiling just goes up and up and up when you have rerolls, right? Like we talked about this with Scourge recently, except Scourge has a gainer. So he's he's throttled by that. Yeah, like he's, he, Poor he's Scourge. Reduced, but Ulix, it just keep the ceiling keeps going up. And what's cool about that is you're saying, oh, I got, I need, I'm going to use the X Force reroll. I'm going to use Wakanda reroll. What do you know? I got one more thing through. I got one more power now. And now I can do my throw or I can do crushing leap again. Right. So there's a lot of options. Keeping the options going, I thought he was really good in old Spider Foes. I think he might be even better in new Spider Foes, where it's big characters that you want to attack because they're in your face. And if you attack them, they get power and they remove conditions. Right. It's kind of like a CS adjacent playstyle in that way, right? You don't want to attack them, but you have to because yep. they're winning the game through points. And so I think he fits right in with that team. And a couple of places to close him out on these concepts. I've mentioned it many times, I think briefly when we were covering Inhumans, but he's great in Inhumans because round one, you can pass a power to him. You have the crushing leap on the midline, no matter what. Maybe Lockjaw just threw a power to him, right? Or whatever it is, you have plenty of time to do it before he goes on his turn. You yeah. know what I mean? And you could just power him up throughout the game, or you could always guarantee in humans that he can always throw our crushing leap or anytime he goes, right? Which is just incredibly powerful. Just two very, very strong tools for many situations. The, the only thing he's lacking there, having it on hand, is a guaranteed character throw. And yeah, you know, if he had that, maybe he should be a threat six, six instead Probably. of a five. So, <laughs> no, I think he's a really well designed character. I think he's an excellent tool. Yeah, I don't no, it's know. Crazy, his kit is actually very similar to Hulk's kit. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're like barely we're degrees of separation off. I mean, we have a great strike. Yeah, we have a great strike that pushes yeah. size fours. You know, we've got an amazing spender that can really do some cool things. We've got a size four throw. You know, we've got a cheating action movement thing like Hulk has with. So, I mean, it makes sense thematically, right? It's just, we all talk about how great Hulk is and here's Ulick over here, at discount Hulk, right? In a lot of ways. And I think that's very good. And yeah, closing out that thought, I think you can play him in Asgard. If you want to go tall Asgard, I actually think he synergizes really well with the leadership because a way you can mess with Ulick is put a bunch of conditions on him. Yeah. 
slow him down. Shock hurts. Shock really hurts him. He hates stagger. Absolutely hates yeah. it. He has no defense against that. So Asgard can get around that. Asgard can also top him off, give him healing factor of sorts, which is just backbreaking for your opponent because they're saying, oh, I've kind of got Elix started. I'm chipping away at him. And then you say, well, I'm going to start Asgard healing him back. And then you're in trouble. And I think the theme works there too, right? In the last place that I played him, actually the most in the recent year was Hellfire. Oh, I like that. It's kind of all the same concepts we just talked about. Getting him three power is important. So if you can do that through your affiliation, Hellfire, you can do it. It's a little bit harder than some of the other ones I mentioned, but you can absolutely do it on a given round. And then you can heal him, which is just nuts because any character with reduction is really good in Hellfire, at least the way I played them. And then any any character with healing. Yes. Sorry. Any character with healing, the reduction just completely takes it to the next level. So yeah, the math starts changing. Exactly. Thank you. Yep. That's what I was looking for. Yes. Yeah. It, you, you brought up a good point there, Chris, where it's like 14 health is a lot with healing factor of sorts, right? That's a lot. But then you add reduction on top of that. And now that number is more unattainable. The number we talked about earlier, is it 15? Is it 20? You know what I mean? So and now it's, it's extra screwy there, right? And yeah, which if you play a game plan that forces your opponent to dive into Ulic, to remove Ulic, to keep you from doing what you want to do, keeping him alive, extending that time on the board, extending that one more round or one more activation, forcing your opponent to do one big spender, use more resources to get rid of him. It's huge. And like I said, the toughness, what Jesse's talking about here with maybe playing him with Thor, giving him that little bit of healing, it just, all of the math changes, he's now infinitely more annoying for your opponent. It's just, it's a good combo, man. I think you should. I like it. Maybe, maybe Wong. Maybe you staple Wong. Yeah. To Which, Ulic you know, from now on. A lot of Asgard players are rocking Wong, rightfully so. And yeah, this slots right in. So, well, speaking of be- rock, yeah, we got one more rock. thing to talk about. Yeah, go for it. We've got one tactics card here with Ulic. Of course. And it is Rock and Troll. Uh, it is an unaffiliated, it is active. Ulic may spend three power to play this card. Ulic drops all objective tokens he is holding, then place Ulic within range five of his current position. So pretty strong card if Ulic is the, you know, main focus of your team. Let's focus on what this card allows you to do before we talk oh, about yeah. whether it's, you know, competitively viable or anything. But range five. Being able range five with a medium base, being able to completely put five threat on the opposite side of the table in some situations is extremely powerful. I mean, look who's dominating the game right now. There's a guy who can teleport range four, range five, right? And it's because he can get anywhere he wants. So yeah, this is one time, but this is like a Cosmic Ghost Rider level teleport for Uluk, right? Um, Which is great because anywhere in that range five, you don't have to go the max distance. Could also just win games. Could be one of those things where it's like, oh, your black guy got away with the objective and I can't catch her. Well, now I can. Absolutely can. And get the game back in my hands. I do think it's one of those cards, Chris, that, yeah, it might not be in this modern world we live where there's so many cards that are good for affiliations. There's so many good generic cards. It is hard to justify, but I definitely think it's a card that could slot in your 10. And if you have a window, you just take it. You know, if you're like, okay, I'm playing a wide secure and a wide extract, this is probably the, the game. That's where the I game. That rock control, right? That's the game. It's like, I don't think it's the game where you're like, well, we're playing Gamma and Researcher. Okay, that's not the game. You know, we can I, leave it. not even the can... game for Ulic. And I'll tell, I'll explain mm. that in a minute. <laughs> mm. 
I've played against Ulick a lot. I've played Ulick a lot. And Chris, there is a glaring weakness here that he has on his card we haven't talked about yet. No defense mitigation. He's just raw stats, and you're praying when you roll those dice. You're you're banking on his 14 health, you know. But very susceptible to terrain and character throws. Yeah. So it's like we have three and four threats in the game that have similar health pools, like guys that are abnormal, Venom and Groot, right, in particular. But obviously those guys are lower threats, so you're putting less stock and fear in that, right? So the cool part about Ulick is I don't think he should have defense mitigation because he's got all these other things going on, but he's got so much mobility that he can get out of dodge if he needs to, right? If you need to go early with him in a round, which is not ideal because you always want to go last with him because he can disrupt so many points. But if you need to go early with him around to save him, you're going to do it. And that's okay. I don't think he enjoys or stands up to a lot of focus fire. I would agree with that. So my example earlier, though you might see researcher or gamma or something to say, oh, central fight, it can push people off. Absolutely. But also he's going to get the entire ire of the enemy team. Meanwhile, you can play a map like Scoundrels, five points on the map, and Ulik can get all over the place all game and really contribute to disrupting characters and probably not die because it's so spread and he's moving around faster than people can rotate, right? So Exactly. Well, he can knock someone off one point, jump to, to the next point, and possibly knock someone else off there and win the point. So he could deny a point win a point huge swing just on on what's built into his kit what you're wanting to do with him so he's sense a, to me that he's kind of a spread map flanker you know solo brawler in a sense yeah i think it's his dream when he's like okay i'm soloing a four threat and a three threat or two three threats right yeah. i'm soloing more threat than than i can handle but that's okay i'll pivot out of it when i get what i want the extract or whatever and yeah, he's this cool mix of like Hulk and Juggernaut, right? And, and obviously he's complete. He's got similarities and big differences with both of them. But if you've played those characters a lot, you can kind of apply some of those concepts where it's like they can affect so much, but you have to know when to go with them and have to know when to rotate, right? And sometimes you just have to leave fights because they they will they will melt. And it looks obviously out of those three, the one that's going to melt the most, ironically. So it's it's really interesting. I think he's a really great character. I I am not shocked at how much we saw him last year all over the place. And I'm not shocked not that he's still got a hardcore place in CS and a couple other rosters. But it is interesting that he's fallen off a little bit, but I don't even think it's necessarily him. I think it's just five threats have fallen off because the game is run by fours right now. And sometimes you just need more fours because to make the math work. Yeah, fives present a different mathematical challenge just being a weird, you know, not even number. We don't have any one threats, you know? Well, and it's like, how often does a, a strong competitive player in Marvel Crisis Protocol take more than one to two fives? And that's what's interesting. It's like, if Uluk's your Luke needs to be on your team for a reason. So if he is the one or two five, he has to be that reason, right? If he's the number three five, he's probably being cut because you need more space in your 10-person roster to bring in more tools at other threat levels that make more sense mathematically. Specifically fours threes and even twos you know so he lives in that space that all the fives live some of the most amazing models in the game some of the most unique models in the game but there's such a small slice of the pie of your list you really have to have a plan with them and know what you're doing 
And I think the plan with like playing the Uluk team would be, okay, I'm playing criminals. Well, Uluk's definitely my five or something like that, right? Or, oh, I'm playing this version of Cabal I mentioned earlier, and I want to play Uluk on the spread maps, and he's affiliated because this man loves Dark Rain. Reroll all of his dice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. So I think he's an amazing model. I think the sculpt is phenomenal, and I don't think he's going to go away, Chris. I don't think he's going away from this game at all. I'm okay with that. Rock Troll. Beat him up. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Of course, you can find us online on several spaces. You can find us on X at Fury's Finest Cast, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch at Fury's Finest. And, he, and you can email us at Fury's Finest at gmail.com. Leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice, preferably five stars and like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You guys continue to show up, which is awesome. It means a lot. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for the show's music and help spread the word about the show. Keep rating, reviewing, subscribing. Jesse's not wrong. It does mean a lot. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. New people keep finding the show according to Spotify and stuff to us, which is phenomenal. That's nice. It's because you guys are doing this very thing. You're giving us five-star reviews and you're maybe word of mouth and things like that. So really means a lot. Of course, we got a big year for Furious Finest this year, which we're going to cover very shortly. So stay tuned for that. But of course, you can find me and Chris on several spaces. You can find me, Jesse, all the same place at Jesse Aiken, J-E-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. That's Twitter, Instagram, Discord, Longshanks. And check out my Star Wars Shatterpoint show. Hello there. the Star Wars Shatterpoint podcast, where we also have a very big year this year because it will be the first full year of Shatterpoint for that game, like the first full year. So very exciting time. Chris, where can everyone find you? Find me on the Discord. I am strong style, Chris finest and all of the MCP related discords I'm in. Uh, you can also listen to me on orange futures. Talk about NBA basketball. Do it. And in a very funny way. So funny. <laughs> I like how you say, So funny. <laughs> Ringing endorsement. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen. Very, well, very funny. I'm very excited to return to Asgard, Chris, but until then can enjoy our, our little respite. And then we're going to come back strong. We hope you guys enjoyed this Asgard run. I am very excited for the new Loki. I'm very excited for the new Asgard models. It's going to be Loki great. Is, yeah, he's up there for me. I already have a feeling. Yeah, I've got some ideas. I'm, Who knows? I'm, I'm scared just hearing about it. <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining us. Thanks for listening. True believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. Ten bucks says you're wrong.